From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Here we are, middle of February. Super Bowl's in the rearview mirror. Yes, it is. And um, I want to talk about your experience at the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little bit about Tony Baselli being left out of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But before we do that, I want to talk about the most recent two bits of news involving the Jaguars. The first of which being Ben McAdoo, hired as the quarterback's coach. I saw that. Guy who'd been a head coach for two years following Tom Coughlin in New York with the Giants. He had interviewed for the offensive coordinator position. He had been a quarterback's coach before. Uh, He's worked with Eli Manning, worked with Aaron Rodgers. What's your initial takeaway on the hire? You know what? Um, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not a surprise. Uh, He's been in the business. It's not uh, a guy that has limited experience as far as coaching quarterbacks. He's been around, you know, really two Hall of Famers, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, Eli and and Aaron. Uh, I I think he'll do a good job. I think he's. I think he's. uh, um, I think he's a good hire. It's a solid hire. It doesn't. Raising red flags, right? I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, I think it's pretty good for the Jaguars. This point in the process, too, where, you know, there are already coaches moving, a lot of staffs have already been put together with new head coaches and so forth. Um, Here's a guy who hasn't coached since 2017. Now, part of that is because he still was under contract or got got his buyout, didn't have to coach. (laughs) Right. And if you are an NFL coach who gets paid to not coach, it's not a bad life. Not a bad gig. Um, he's still relatively young. He's in his 40s, early 40s, I think, uh-huh. 42. He is. Um, so in some regards, this is a young rising coach. But in some regards, he was a guy who also had a you know, first year in New York, took the team to the playoffs. Second year, he went 2-10 and ten and got fired late in the season. So uh, I said on TV the other day that a lot of times we judge coaches by what they do as head coaches when they're better at other things in coaching. So true. Gus Bradley's a great example of this. Yes. Who's a terrific, terrific defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, Chris Palmer, Chris former Palmer. offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. Great example. Really good with the quarterbacks, good offensive coordinator. Just wasn't a head coach. Right. And, there's and that's a, okay. Yeah, some guys just are really good at different parts of coaching. Um, maybe Ben McAdoo is that. And I think it's interesting that you're going to have two former head coaches plus the current head coach all involved in the decision. Is that on, a good thing or a well, bad thing? I don't thing? know. That, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. There was a time, and I think it was Jack Del Rio. Um, I can't remember if it was Del Rio or Malarkey. One of the two. Del, I think it was Del Rio. Who had, who had like six guys who had been head coaches at either the, high school, or either the college or the pro level right. on the staff. There's a certain comfort level in knowing that these guys understand what I'm going through. You know, he, these guys understand what a, what a head coach needs. But they also, if you've been a head coach, you have risen to the point where you are the, the, the decision maker. And I have to think it's hard to give that up in terms of mentality. So is this good or bad to have Marone, Jay Gruden, and um, McAdoo all making decisions about who the starting quarterback's going to be? Yeah, Cole, it's, I, I think it's going to be, uh, it, it can be a real good thing. I think it could be uh, difficult in some situations. The key is, is is the relationship between the head coach and uh, and the other coaches, quarterback coach and, and uh, offensive coordinator. Um, and what I mean by that is that that 
you want to surround yourself not only with good coaches, but good men that are going to support your decision, that are willing to work with you, and not, which happens very often, not, you know, behind the scenes, bad-mouthing a decision or causing problems, you know, uh, elsewhere. That does happen. So I think when Doug Marone's looking at, at, at coaches, one, he's looking for guys that are going to be in his corner, that are going to be advocates for whatever uh, whatever he wants to do as a head coach. And those guys get it. I think uh, because they are they were former head coaches, um, Ben and, and Jay, they understand how critical it is to have people uh, that are going to support the head coach. And I don't think Doug would have hired them if he didn't think that they, they would do that. I think also, too, for, for a guy, and listen, Doug Marone's been a head coach for some time, but as a coach, regardless of, of what, at any level, whether you're um, high school, college, pro, any position, quarterback, offense coordinator, you're always learning. You're always doing your best to just, you know, see if there's a better way to do it. you got to stay curious. You know, uh, what do you think about this? How about we change this up? And having guys that have been there that have, I'm sure, in, in some ways have done things differently, I think it could really help Doug Marone. I like, I like uh, Jay Gruden and Ben McAdoo. All right, so those moves, the other side of this, of course, is will McAdoo's experience working with Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers impact Gardner Minshew and or Nick Foles, especially Minshew as a younger quarterback? Uh, there are some mild stylistic similarities between Minshew and Rodgers in terms of the mobility and in terms of comparing Foles and Eli Manning, the immobility, um, and some postseason success uh, to a certain extent. Right. Uh, do you think his experience with those two quarterbacks will uh, come into play largely with, with the Jaguars quarterback? Well, I think I, I think that was probably the uh, one of the things that, that Doug Marone was very much interested in. You know, if you're going to bring a quarterback coach having a quarterback coach that has worked with multiple st- styles, to your point, is very beneficial. In all, it's, here's the best way to put it. Coaches are teachers, okay? Regardless of your, of your success, what system you're in, who you've coached, who you've been with, whatever you're trying, whatever area your quarterback is struggling in or needs to improve upon, if you're not a good teacher, you've got to be able to teach. And uh, um, I don't think Ben McAdoo or Jay Gruden would be here if they weren't good teachers. Those, that essentially is what a coach is. So can Ben McAdoo, regardless of who he's been with, uh, find a way to get um, Gardner to the next level? Can you teach him? Can you coach him? Can you, can you help him understand how important it is to stay in the pocket and, and, and go through your reach? It's the, really the quarterback position. Just because you've had great success with former quarterbacks, that doesn't it doesn't always translate. You know? Yeah. It just doesn't always translate. And to translate. be fair, Aaron Rodgers had already been to a Super Bowl and been league MVP by the what time you, what McAdoo say? got with him, right? Well, well, so and 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 uh and Eli no different. Eli had already been So, so yeah. what are you gonna say? You're installing your system and you know how you want it to look, okay? You know these are the progressions and this is how we're gonna attack cover two, and this is our run game, and these are our checks, this is our system. Can you teach Gardner Minshew, or any quarterback for that matter, how to operate at a high level in that system? Are you a good teacher? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, not just the football stuff, but the relationship side. What's, uh, I mean, what kind of guy's Ben McAdoo? Well, well Gardner even liked the guy. He's got know? a mustache. This is true. There's something. Will they get along well? Will there be a mutual <laughs> respect? What kind of, what, how does... 
Gardner Minshew respond to Ben McAdoo's type of coaching? Ben McAdoo, as a quarterback coach, he could decide, you know what, I'm going to be a hard, I'm going to be hard on this guy, and, or I'm going to just really back off and be his best buddy. Shouldn't a quarterback coach always be the best buddy of the quarterback? Um, At least of a, of a, of a, of a I want to say not just veteran, but yeah. sort of a mature quarterback. Because Gardner Minshew, we know he's a bright guy. Yes, he learns very quickly. He's got a coach's mind. He wanted to go into coaching if he didn't continue his football career. It strikes me, uh, and I think Nick Foles is very much a pro. Yep. So I think it strikes me that this is a pretty easy quarterback room to come into as a coach, because even though there's a competition, you've got guys who should pick up systems very, very quickly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and that coupled with uh, they're good guys. Mm-hmm. The team seems to respond to them uh, as far as you know, get along in, in support of one another. It's important to them. They're both hungry. They both want to be the starter, and both of them, you know, obviously Nick has been at the the pinnacle, um, and then uh, even Gardner uh, had a lot of success. So it's really interesting. I don't I don't see anything that would cause any concern that hey, this isn't going to work. Yeah. You know, it's going to work. It it's really comes down to. Um, within this system and, and Jay will bring have Jay's ideas and Ben will have his ideas and Doug will want to do what Doug wants to do if it all work together and, and but as far as the people involved there's no real bad guys you, you asked the question about should the quarterback coach always be best it depends on who the coordinator is or it depends on who the offensive coordinator or the head coach is because mm-hmm. many times a good cop bad cop relationship uh, works very well you know uh, and that has a lot to do with the personality of the you coach. Say you might say that like you might have been through that. I, I might have. I might have. I've been that through that. But you know what? Every quarterback in the NFL, I think, should have a safe place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's hard. It's demanding. The pressure. The uh, you know, when you lose, guess whose fault it is? And well, it's it's in all likelihood it was the quarterback's fault. So you got to have a safe place, a place where uh, you got someone in your corner that you can trust, that you can say things that you can't say outside the building. I didn't always have that, but when I did, I really, really appreciated it. Um, uh, you're upset at, at the head coach, or you're upset at the coordinator, or you're mad at this receiver, or you don't like what you're doing. There's got to be a go-to, and it can't be a team. It's got to be a, a coach. That, that's ideal to me. I, and I, maybe Ben could be that for those guys, because... I really believe that that's very important, having a safe place uh, in the in the quarterback room. Chris Palmer, was that for you? There's no question. Chris was great. And Chris's personality, for those who weren't Jaguars fans at the time or didn't uh, have as much exposure to Chris, I mean, Chris is one of the nicest guys, one of the best guys yep. I've ever met in, as an assistant in the NFL. And he's not a high-stress guy. He's not a, you know... A guy who he doesn't he some guys are warriors right and that's not him so I I can see how that would have been a very yeah. beneficial personality for a quarterback. In nine years with the Jaguars, I had two coaches like that. Not that the other guys weren't good guys, um, but I had Chris Palmer and Bill Musgrave, mm-hmm. and those were two guys that I could I could tell them something that I knew wouldn't leave the room. You know, I could be upset uh, with Del Rio or Coughlin or. Whoever I could say something, and I know it wasn't going to go anywhere, and and that was huge. That was huge for me. That's huge for anyone. I mean, that's just that's just life. Don't you yeah. want people like that in your life? Absolutely. Um, so having those guys was was great. And I and when I was up in uh, up in um, 
New York and Matt Cavanaugh, he was the same thing. And uh, I think that's important for the position. All right, uh, let's talk about the other big piece of news that came out here in the last uh, week, week plus now. Uh, the Jaguars are going to play back-to-back games in London. Oh, lovely. We've talked about this. Uh, so far, I think I've found about 2% of the fan base who's responded on social media or to me in person uh, are, are good with this. That the other, the other, Yeah, <laughs> the other 98% do not like this in the slightest. No bueno, coach. And, and what's happened is, since then, both Mark Lamping and Shad Khan in different settings have had explanations for this. None of it has jived or no. helped at all. No, I, I, I mean, what do you say? I mean, you, you, I mean, you can't. It's frustrating. Uh, I, I can completely understand, and so can you, why the fans would be so frustrated. And I was thinking about this earlier. It's not that it's two home games in London. It's not just that. I should say, it's. What happens next? Mm-hmm. That's the concern. Does two games go to four games? I think it's. I think it's a two uh-huh. state. I think. I think you're either in one of two. Well, you're in one of three camps as a fan. Either one, you're fine with it. Right. We'll put that two percent over the side. Yes. There's a certain camp that thinks this is a foray into more games, and either moving the team or having a four and four situation or whatnot, where there's going to be more taken away from Jacksonville, right. and they're not happy about it. There's another camp that says. Two is already too many to be taken away from Jacksonville. They tolerated one because, okay, well, maybe this is a big trip we can plan or, you know, or it's it, one it game. Was, when it was early, it was fun. It was exciting. It was, when it, there was a novelty to it. Yes, perfect way to put um, it. But now, no. I mean, and I think that's where most of the Jaguars fans... I don't, I don't think most people think the Jag, that Shad Khan wants to move the Jaguars to London. There are some that do. Mm-hmm. But I think most people can see that if he's, if he's going to be putting a lot of money with a lot of city money, into the Lot J thing, into the uh, other developments that he wants to, that, that he, he does still want to have ties here in Jacksonville. Because I can tell you this, if you move the team from Jacksonville, you're not going to do much business with people in Jacksonville with your other things. So I think he That's knows good point. that. Good so point. I don't think he's trying to move the team to London. I think he's trying to maximize revenues, but doesn't understand that he has now crossed the line with most Jaguars fans who don't believe, listen, nobody thinks Shad Khan is having a hard time finding his next meal. Right. And just because you are in the bottom quartile of revenue in the National Football League doesn't mean that you can't win in the National Football League. Very true. So there's not a lot here that Jaguars fans, you know, I've said this Jaguars fans want the team to win and they want to enjoy their experience at the stadium. Yep. Beyond that, everything else is gravy. Right? That's Absolutely. pretty much it. That's it. So you take away one opportunity to enjoy yourself at the stadium, and they haven't won? That's tough. I, it, the hard part is for the, for, the next, for the foreseeable future until the next step, whether it, those two games go back to one or maybe there's no games in London or it goes the other direction, and who knows. But who, who wins on this? Like, who, who wins on this? Shod. That's really it. Yeah. Because or anybody who's getting paid by Shod, probably. Well, yeah. The the business side of it, they win. And and listen, at this point, I choose to believe that if he says it's it's if it's temporary, then okay, maybe maybe it's temporary. Uh, this isn't set in stone. This isn't a lock. You know, hopefully we we don't have to go to London anymore. I, I'll keep my hopes up um, for that, and I'll take him at his word that that for us to stay in Jacksonville, we've got to do this. Okay, you know, I, I don't know enough about the business to, to 
believe otherwise, so I'm going to trust him on that. But what's hard is, is that the fans certainly don't win out in the next three or four years. And I can promise you the players don't because you've got 16 games, mm-hmm. and on 10 of those, you're on a plane. Well, actually, the, the two games in London, you're taking one yeah. plane, but it's a, it's a, it's a it, big you, plane. You're sleeping in somebody else's bed. You are at a huge disadvantage yeah. because you're not playing at TIA Bank. Mm-hmm. And they can say whatever they want, playing overseas in a different stadium, even though you're the, quote, home team. That is not an advantage, and especially for a team that is struggling to win as it is. I mean, you you really want the team to win, but yet we're two games in London, and that's going to be very, very difficult to do. Those aren't, you know, we used to think that we had the advantage. That's long gone now. Yeah. We do not. Yeah. We do not. Yeah. Uh, the just, you know, blind or deaf to the to the room situation right now between what's coming out of, of Mark Lamping and Shad Khan uh, in these interviews is the other thing that just drives you nuts. I'm not saying that the fans have, were always on Wayne Weaver's side in every single step, right? but Wayne lived in Jacksonville, still does. He understood what the Jacksonville market was about. Yes. He understood how the fans felt. That's where I think the number one failing is right now, is that they are either unwilling or unable to understand what the Jacksonville fan base thinks about. The question is, how much do you think they care? Yeah, and I, this is, there's a lot, again, Jamal St. Cyr had, did an interview with uh, Mark Lamping uh, shortly after the Duval Coalition was formed to talk to him about that. And the basic thought it came, coming out of that was, yeah, we'll listen to them, but we're still doing this. Right. So, do they care? Tough to say that they do, um, hmm. at least about that. They may think this is, hey, I get a little bit of sense of like, a parent of a young teenager or, you know, like a 10-year-old where you say, you know, the 10-year-old now is starting to form opinions, and but the parent says, I know what's best. I'll placate you, but you're still going to do your math homework. That's pretty good. That's um, pretty good. So, all right, let me transition here. You were down at the Super Bowl. Yes. Give me the highlights for you of your week down there in terms of what you did and who you It saw. was easy. So we... we uh, uh, the Legends community, the, the uh, alumni group of the NFL out of the uh, league office, we host what we call a Legends Lounge. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night before uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday, uh, every night from about 7 to midnight, uh, we, would, we would have former players come through. Um, and in the three nights that we had, we had 700 former NFL players mm-hmm. come through there. Uh, Huge ballroom, uh, really nice place to eat, drink for free. Um, uh, it just, it was just great because um, a bunch of guys, and we've talked about this before, got to see guys they they hadn't seen in ten years for ten years or twenty or thirty years. Guys they played with, they played against. Uh, it's a safe place, and there's no media, there are no autographs. Uh, every former player is allowed to bring one person in, so it's not. You know, one player bringing in his cousins, and you know, it's just it's it's absolutely perfect. It's it's really nice, and uh, that was that was by far the highlight. Just seeing guys and 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 seeing guys that are at every Super Bowl and guys, gosh, I haven't I haven't seen uh, uh, I haven't seen um, uh, in in a long time, and so it was uh, Brett Romberg. Remember Brett Romberg? Sure, center from Miami. Yeah. Saw saw Brett down there. I think we were together for for one year, and. Uh, uh, I, we we talked for two hours one mm-hmm. night, and we had we had the best time. I hadn't 
I hadn't seen him in, in years, but things like that. It was a lot of fun. It's amazing the kind of uh, relationships that, particularly the NFL, when you have so many players on a roster and so much turnover, yes. where you could be, play with a guy for a year or two um, and maybe hit it off while you're there, and then it goes elsewhere, even with social media and everything else. It's tough to keep up with that many people. Yeah, it, really, it really is. So uh, that, that's a great yeah, opportunity. It was good. It was good. Uh, not all the Super Bowl was good. Uh, no. No. It wasn't uh, all. Uh, all the of fame fun. voting. I don't. I I know it was rough on Tony. Yeah, this one. This one was. This one was tough. They're all tough, but this one was tough. Um, you know, I just think the voters, whoever's voting, however many people, whoever they are specifically, I don't know. They just cannot get past the longevity thing. Yeah. And I get it. I, I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I know. I think we all know why he's not in the Hall of Fame right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And some guys, and some guys that are very outspoken, they just can't get by the fact that he, you know, he basically played, played for five years. Yeah. So I mean, well, again, a seven-year career, understandable. Eight years with you count the Houston, so you take that out. Yep. Did miss a, you know, um, in the five years you talk about those five out of seven years. Amazing. Might have been the best left tackle every year. Yes. And possibly, and that's eight. That's 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. Um, before he got injured, uh, might have in '96 he might have been the best, but you didn't see it really until the playoffs in the, the Bruce Smith game, right? And, um, that where you really saw it, but you knew how well he was playing and how the fact that Tom Coughlin, uh, Tony told this story uh, last year when he did the interview with him that uh, the night before the game, Coughlin's going through the game plan and says, you know, um, and says, uh, oh by the way. Uh, Tight end, you know, you just keep an eye out because uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Tony handle Bruce Smith, and <laughs> and Tony right. said what? <laughs> Excuse no, me, no chips, no that. Well, you'll handle. It. <laughs> and he did. And he did. And more than just handle. I mean, yeah, he he, did. he he beat him. Um, so I, it is curious. I, I wonder because we've had all these um, offensive linemen who have gone in who have been in sort of this pack. Yes. Next year, um, Tony and Alan Fanica will still not be in. They'll be candidates. Could right. be final. We expect they'll probably be finalists again. Tony was in the final 10 once again this year. Uh-huh. So there's enough people who think he should be in. I wonder if once you get past Tony and Alan Fanica, it's going to be a while till an offensive lineman comes back up that's really a, you know, a big candidate. I haven't looked closely at it, um, but uh, which is a good thing. I, how much does that really matter? Because you don't have to put an O lineman in. Every no, you can year. only put five players in in total. But the hard I, part is there's some there's some locks well, next, next Pey- year. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Is uh, on a scale of a hundred, how likely is it that Peyton Manning's going into the Hall of Fame next year? <laughs> hundred. Hundred. Charles Woodson. Ninety-five. Calvin Johnson. Ninety-eight. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I agree with you. Right there. I agree with you. So I even though Calvin Johnson sort of ended his career. Shorter it was still. Wait, if you if your nickname's Megatron, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yes, you cannot. You just, don't anger the Decepticons. You're, you're already you're putting them in. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I think all three of those guys are going in. So that leaves two spots, uh, and you still have guys who didn't go in. So you have Hutchinson, uh, or you have Alan Fanica after Hutchinson yep. win this year. Um, you have Tony. Then you've got other the other guys who were, you know, in the final ten who you have to to consider. Right. Right. Uh, and I don't know who it was. I assume Richard Seymour was probably one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lynch. There's some Lynch, other guys. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, so he's got five more years to get in the conventional way. Then you yeah. got to go to the veterans uh, panel and get in. So we'll see. I, again, 
I just thought it was going to happen. It's going to be. It, it actually felt right this time. It would be. You know, it, it, mm. Jacksonville could have used it. It would have been nice to have some 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 good news, something to celebrate. All right. So in the coming months, uh, let's let everybody know. You'll be going down to the Combine. Yeah, I go to the Combine um, in two weeks. I'll be there working with the quarterbacks again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We're also having a... Do you know any of the quarterbacks who are going to be there? Have you met them yet? No, not at all. When I get there, I meet them. Okay. And uh, so uh, Chad Pennington will take half of them. I'll take the other half, which who falls into our group, I have no idea. You had Gardner Minshew Uh last year, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting because... Gardner was just a guy, you know. He was a, went to Washington State. I went to Washington, so we kind of connected there. And and uh, but who would have? I mean, how things turned out was just amazing. Again, I just don't know. I will. I will refer back to to a podcast we did shortly thereafter when I asked you. Anybody really stand out to you just in terms of their approach? That was the guy you, right? you singled out. So got an eye for talent. Clearly, over. clearly, we'll see how it all plays out. So there's there's that. Um, the day after the combine starts. Teams can start putting the franchise tag Ooh. on players up through uh, March the 10th. We'll see how the unique Ngakwe thing plays out. This is going to be really interesting. I don't think he's. I don't think it's going to go all that smoothly. No, I don't think so I either. Think things are going to be said, um, most of which we wouldn't be privy to. But not that unique won't won't throw something out on social media that will be of interest. <laughs> I'm sure. But Again, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's ugly. But it could get it's ugly. It's already leaning that it way. Could, it could get ugly. It's leaning that way. Um, and then, of course, uh, we've got the draft in April. Uh, free agency starts uh, in March. So we've got a lot to get to here in the next couple of months. And uh, we'll have uh, installments of Teal the Podcast as pertinent uh, here in the off season. We'll see. Uh, it's never I, dull around, no, around here, right? Mark, I like to be an optimist. I like to be pragmatically optimistic in my life. Have we done predictions for 2020 season yet? No. No. Is it too uh, soon? Well, we Just know to who throw to out a record. Is it too soon? Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, we can do that right now. Okay. Um, I reserve the right to change it based on absolutely the schedule. Of course, of course. schedule has a lot to do with it. Free agency in the draft. Okay. But as it stands right now, seven and nine. I was gonna say six and ten. <laughs> you're, you're so negative. See how optimistic I am. You're a ray of sunshine. I'm seven and nine. I just couldn't say. I, I just couldn't say six and ten. But I, I mean, I think about. Oh gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. We'll we'll amend those uh, in the future. Hey, remember to subscribe to Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on NewsForJax.com. Mark, until next time. Until next time, Cole. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast.